Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. So now do this. If you believe the Bible is God's word, take it out and turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I love your enthusiasm on an hour less sleep. Y'all still excited, man. That is, that is awesome. That is awesome. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read four verses, and um, then we're going to uh, pray, and then just kind of just unpack some stuff today. Man, I tell you, I'm, I'm just man, so, so glad you're here. And um, verse 1 says this of Colossians 3, and if you don't have a Bible, we, uh, we give those out free. So uh, after service underneath the Connect sign there, uh, stop by. If you need a Bible, just let someone know there, and they'll give you one. And uh, we just believe God's Word is true, and we can hear it and live it out and, and, and change the world with that. And by the Spirit of God, He'll lead us to do it. So uh, we'd love to give you those if you need that. So, um, But Colossians 3, I want to read these four verses, and it says this. It says in verse 1, If... Then you were raised with Christ. This is talking about those who have been raised with him, who are seated with him. It says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Man, that's beautiful. Can we pray and just talk to him one more time? God, thank you so much for uh, bringing each person here today, God, and uh, those who are tuned in, Lord, for they, um, I believe today, God, are just going to be encouraged and blessed, and uh, today, Lord, can leave changed, as we uh, just today, God, set our minds on things above, Lord, and uh, just focus on your love and grace and how good you are to us, and we thank you for every promise in this holy word, God, and I just pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us today through it, and uh, just use me today, God, anoint me to do your work, and God, I thank you for all those things, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Jesus is coming again. Ain't that so awesome, man, to think about that Jesus is coming again. And we're in week three of a four-week series called The Return. And uh, if you've missed any of those, you can go online and download those messages and get that word in you. And um, and I'm excited that I believe the word of God will change you. So go do that if you you miss any of those messages. But um, if Jesus is coming again, uh, that means he's been here before. All right, that means he's been here before. It means he's, he's coming. So we've talked about that during this series, that, that uh, where uh, he did this, he came to earth and he left, and he said this, that where he's going, he's preparing a place for us. Amen. He's preparing this home for us. And, and he said that where he is, we can be also. And so we can have eternity with him in heaven. And so it's, a, it's an incredible th- thought to think of. And so he tells us some things in, in, in the word today. Uh, in our text, he said to do this. He said to set your mind on the things above, Amen. not on things on the earth. And, um, and again, that's so counter. Uh, to culture. That's counter to our natural flesh and human desire. We want to do this. We want to set our minds on things on the earth. 
But he said to set your mind on things above. He said to set your mind where Christ is sitting, at the right hand of God. And so we are supposed to begin to set our mind in this place. And I've, I've heard this said, I've heard the statement made that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no, anybody heard the rest? earthly good. Some of you have heard that. I mean, that is a, that's a statement that many people have said, and I might have even thrown that out there at some point. I don't, I don't know, but, but they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And I understand kind of the, the premise behind that, why someone would say that, that if all we're doing is walking around with our heads in the clouds all the time, and we're, we're so spiritual that we can't reach down and love someone and touch someone and show them Jesus and do those types of things, that, that could be somewhat a, a true statement, but that truly is not biblical, and I don't even believe this. I don't believe it's even a true statement, because if we do this, if we're setting our minds on things above, we're going to be so heavenly minded that we're so earthly good and it's not no earthly good. Amen. We're going to be so earthly good. We're going to be so mindful because we're thinking about these things and we have our minds set in this area. And I, I love a quote. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite writers, he made this statement. He said that it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. And I think that's true. I don't think we think about heaven enough, and I don't think we get mindful of those things enough. And I believe it will be the time when we get so heavenly minded that it's going to be the maximum potential of earthly good that we're going to do, and we'll begin to change the world. And I, I think this is how this works, because if you begin to think about heaven, and that's what we're talking about today, home. That's home for us. This is a, we're sojourners. It means we're passing through. This is temporary. Our body's a tent, one, one, one verse says. And so this is just something that's going to be temporary. So we're going to be leaving here and we're going to spend eternity somewhere. And so we have a place called heaven, which is called and supposed to be our eternal home. And, and a statistic shows this, that 78% of Americans believe in there's a heaven. That's cool. I, I think that's a, that's a great statistic. I, I think that's awesome that, that eight out of 10 pretty much believe that there will be a heaven. And so a lot of people believe this. And you know what Satan loves to do? Satan is a deceiver. He's a distorter of truth. And so I think this is how he works. If he believes that there is people, and there are, who, be, who believe this truth, that heaven exists, he's going to do everything that he can to distort the true reality of what that is. And so you see him work. And there's a few areas that I jotted down that you see Satan work in. And this is some of the areas that he deceives. And first of all, you'll see him deceive, and he does this, the person of God. He deceives and tries to distort who God is. And, we, and he distorts the fact that he is a God who's a father who loves us and we can have a relationship with him. He distorts that for us. He distorts who he is. He distorts the people of God. So he distorts the person of God. He distorts the people of God. He doesn't want us to see ourselves for who we are. He doesn't want to see ourselves as family and, and as loved ones who are supposed to be doing this thing called life together. And so he messes up our identity and who we are. And so we, uh, we, he loves to somehow get us to the place to where our identity is found in that little driver's license that we pull out. And we look at that card and it says that I am this age and I am this tall and I am this color and I am this weight, which everybody lies about by the way. I believe it's not the unpardonable sin. There is forgiveness for that, but, um, but, but, but it is a sin. And, and so we look at that and our identity is wrapped in that. 
Our identity gets wrapped in our job. Uh, if, if, if tomorrow I cease to be a pastor, my identity in Christ still, still remains. If tomorrow they come in, they call you in, and they say, we're sorry. We've got to let you go. Your identity is found in Christ. And when we know that, when we see that, regardless of what comes at us, we can keep moving forward. So again, he tries to distort the people of God and who we are. And thirdly today, I, I think he does this. He tries in every way that he can to distort the place of God. The place where he is, God is, and where we will be. And so he distorts this. And I, I, I feel like that heaven is the ultimate victory for the believer. It is, it is the ultimate place of home and where we're supposed to be. And, and it's, it's when we endure to the end and stay in the fight that we receive the reward and we spend eternity with him. And, and this heaven is supposed to be our eternal home. And, and Jesus has prepared this for us. And another C.S. Lewis quote says this. He said, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Ain't it true? And as beautiful as as this place here called earth is, and as much love as we experience here in our church, and, and, and we see that there is still a longing that cannot be satisfied here on this earth. There is still longing for something else that lies ahead. And it's this place called heaven. It's this place called home. And so I want to do two things today. I'm going to ask Two questions, and so I'm, I'm going to try to the best way that I know how is, I want to answer the first question, and then I'm going to allow you to answer the second question. And so the, the first question is, what will heaven be like? What will heaven be like? I, there have been people who have, who have claimed that they have, uh, have left this earth They've been to heaven, they spent some time there, and they got sent back down and, and those types of things. And, and I can't say they're, they're not, not legit. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know, but I would come in every way that I can come close to believing the ones who have made this statement when they came back. I cannot put into human words what I experienced. I would, I would have a tendency to lean more toward that, that person uh, because some of these people have come down and they've wrote books and movies and I think they're a great thing. God can use it, use it. And, and, but people will say this and that, but I would have a tendency to lean more towards the ones who says, I don't in any way cannot even begin to explain what I just experienced. I believe that's heaven. I believe that's home. And, and so this enemy who tries to distort what heaven is, he tries to put things in our mind. And he, he gets people to think that somehow that the party's going to be in hell and then, then this, this eternal church service that never ends is going to be in heaven. And it's not just some of the church services like we have that you have a great time. It was that church service. It was that church service. It was that church service that you was looking at your watch saying, I believe this is eternity. And it never is going to end. And would it ever, uh, will this thing ever cease to, to happen? I believe he will begin to do that and, and mess with our minds along that line and to get us to think that. And somehow he's done this. He's got people to believe that the fun's going to be in hell. We're going to find out in, in, in this series that that's totally not biblical and it's not true, I don't believe. And, and so we know the opposite to be true. I, I don't believe it's going to be boring, some type of just eternal boredom. I, I don't think that. I, 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 I just I don't think that we're going to be in this uh, eternal just church service. As a matter of fact, we're going to find out that there's not even a temple there. The temple is Christ. 
It's God. It's him. He's the temple. So we're not actually going into a church service there. We've got to be on time. We're going to lose an hour of sleep. I still got to go or the pastor's going to text me. You know, I mean, it's none of those things. I mean, it, it, it is us. And I don't think it's going to be this boredom before eternity. We're going to be wearing little diapers around. And, and we're going to be floating around on these, har- on these clouds playing the harp. Sorry for that mental picture. But just forever. And then maybe, just maybe, the Bible says we'll be known as we're known. So I'm going to know so-and-so, but it's only going to be for just a glimpse as my cloud and their cloud begin to at some point across the span of time cross over one another and we see each other and we give it a plink. And then, it's, and then into eternity, the next, maybe next million years around the line, then maybe I'll see you again. No, 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 no. It's, it's not what we find to be true. It's not in some sweet by and by, we're going to be rolling in the clouds and never. No, no, no. Bible says it's not to be true. We found out that in, 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 the, in the scriptures that he says that all things will be made new. And there is going to be heaven that's going to come down and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And this thing will begin to unfold. And then we start seeing in scripture the beauty of the things that are told to us that there'll be no more sickness or disease in heaven. And all those things we passed away. And it's when you see in scripture, he says that all things pass away and behold, all things become new. It's in that moment, I believe, when heaven and earth, this new heaven and earth comes down, the newness that he's made it with us and who he's made us to be in Christ, it's then in that moment that we'll truly see who we really are in him. I just believe it'll be something so beautiful and there's going to be no more sickness and no disease. The Bible says no sorrow. There'll be no more tears and it'll be a beautiful thing and there will be no more sin. No more sin. This struggle for this thing is there'll be no more sin. And, and it's not just the fact that we won't sin anymore. We're not going to be in a place where we have to suffer and deal with the effects of sin. And the effects of sin are all around us. We, we look at the TV and we see and we hear the reports and it's constantly it's this killing and that death and this robbery and this thing and this tragedy. All those things will cease. We'll never and ever in any way deal with the effects of sin anymore. And then something happens to us. He tells us that we, we will have this glorified body. And I mean, I just, I begin to think about how beautiful that is, that we'll have this glorified body. Now, we don't know the details of how all this works, but we know there's going to be a changing and a shifting take place. We know that when we see the, the, the resurrected Jesus, when we read about him in scripture, we know some things about him. We know that he ate and that he sat out on the shoreline, he ate fish and had a good time with the disciples. We saw that he, he would appear, go through doors, and then appear in front of the, the guys, like, bam, you know, peace, you know, I mean, and just it, incredible. But he says that we will have a glorified body. I want you to look at me, look, look with me real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47 says this. It says, the first man was on the earth. That's Adam. He was made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven, the second Adam. And it said, and as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. This glorified body. And as we have uh, borne the image of the man of dust in the flesh, who we are in human, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. 
Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. It's in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. Say this, there's going to be a change that happens. And for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So then uh, this uh, corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Think about this. We're going to have this glorified body, and we're going to take on the full image of him, and there's going to see this thing begin to, there's going to be a changing. And I, I just, I, I know we do this in here on earth, and, and we're sure we should take care of our temple and our body and do everything that we can. And I, I was having a conversation with a gentleman at, uh, the other day at the gym, and he's almost 75 years old. And I, and I tell him, I said, man, I said, you're my hero, bro. And I, I was like, man, that is, you're awesome. He's in there every, every day. He's working out. This guy's in shape, and, and he's awesome. And we just sat down, and we had coffee the other morning, just began to talk. He, he just began to share with me some things that, you know, he's going through. His wife is, is battling a disease, and, and we just began to talk to one another. And just, it, it was just, I don't know, just a great time. And, and I'd had heaven on my mind. I'd been just studying about this this week. And, and I just began to talk to him about heaven. And he's a believer. His wife's a believer, and, um, and, and she's, right now she's battling dementia. And, and you know what that does, if you, if you understand it, disease, a horrible disease. And, and I, I just began to talk about the beauty that one day heaven will be and that none of these diseases will be there and, and none of these things will be having to, having to take place in any way. And we're going to have this glorified body. And, and uh, it was funny. He said, do you think it'll be like when we're 25 again? And, I, and, you know, and I, I was thinking about this guy talking about a 50-year-ago body that he had. And, and he was talking about, man, do you think it'll be like that that day? And I was like, man, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I said, I don't think, I don't think 25-year-old body has nothing on what God's going to give us. And it's going to be a beautiful thing that happens in our life. And so we see this, and, and it's going to be a beautiful picture that happens. And we're going to see in just a minute kind of what that looks like. But imagine for a moment the most beautiful place that you can get in your mind. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I again, loved to fish and get out and enjoy outdoors. And I was with a couple of my buddies and we were in Litchfield and we were in Pauly's Island. And, and it was this you know, beautiful, I mean, just amazing homes, these multi, multi, multi-millionaire dollar homes. And, and here's pointing out so-and-so lives in that one and this person there and was telling me all this kind of stuff. And, and we kind of joked because we was cruising on by and it was a for sale sign in one piece of the land. And he said, there's a lot for you, man. Like, oh, yeah, how much? He said, a million dollars for the property. And I was like, man, that's some prime real estate. But just think for a moment, nothing on heaven. It's nothing. That's nothing on what heaven has for us. And listen to Revelation 22. He says this in verse 1. And he showed me a river of the water of life. This is a picture. This is how we, we see, and again, from Scripture, he says this clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. 
in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. There's going to be food in heaven. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is glory. I mean, I'm talking about Melissa banana pudding is going to have no calories in it. I mean, it's going to be heaven. And I mean, just think, and I, I, I believe that's going to, ha- I, I'm telling you, I think this is going to be heaven. It's going to be an incredible thing. M- my granny is already there. She's already there. And, and I remember, you know, I remember going to her home and, and having her fried apple pie. I'd fall out right now underneath the anointing. I, I remember that. I, I remember something. We were talking about this. We had a meeting with some of our men yesterday, and, and we were having breakfast. And I, I remember uh, something somebody said, and I just got to thinking about how it took me back to my, to my days when I would go see my granny. I, I, I used to uh, go into her home, and, and I would be like, hey, granny, and I'd just keep on trucking, and I would make my way straight to the stove in the kitchen. And on top of the stove, there was, a, there was a piece of brown paper towel. And on top of that paper towel was fat back. <laughs> Come on. I'm telling you right now. And, and, and we, there was some fat back on the buffet yesterday morning. And somebody said, I've been thinking about fat back. And I, I was thinking about it. And you, if you picked up that paper towel, it would break apart because the grease is just so... I mean but we can eat and have no disease. (laughs) And and we can enjoy these moments. And we see in Scripture, it's it's throughout Scripture, you see things like Matthew 8 tells us that there'll be a feast there and we're going to sit down at the table, recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and with the saints of old. We're going to sit there and we're going to hang out and we're going to talk and it's going to be beautiful. We see in Isaiah 25, it says that Jesus is preparing a feast for us. And man, I thought granny could cook. I mean, Jesus is going to prepare a feast for us. And this is heaven. And we're going to be able to be there forever. We're going to be able to spend time and he prepares this meal. And and this is what I love. We're going to be able to do this forever. Spend time with our friends and our family who knew Jesus. And so if, if, if you have family that have, have, have went on and they were had the testimony of knowing Christ, we're going to spend eternity with them. And it's going to be, and, and, and this is going to be, even that uncle that got on your nerves, the crazy uncle, everybody got that one crazy one in the family, you know, hey, you know, uh, he ain't going to be crazy there. If, you know, if everything's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. All the effects of sin, it's going. And so we have this forever. It is an amazing thing. And those who have accepted Christ, we spend this there. And, and I don't know, I, I, I think we're going to be able to sit back and relax and enjoy. We're going to eat. We're going to spend time. You, you see things in Luke 6 that, that Jesus said that there's this mourning that takes place and weeping, but there's going to be a time of laughing. And he's, he's trying to paint a picture. He's letting us know we're going to sit in heaven. We're going to laugh and we're going to have a great time. We're going to spend time with, with those who, who have went on to, to, to put their faith in Christ. It's going to be an incredible thing. We're going to have this fellowship together. And, and I, I love fellowship here. And I love family and I love friends and I love time. But it's not going to compare. It's not even going to be close. This is just small glimpses of what it's going to be. And, I, and we can see, and I have people ask me, man, do you think animals will be in heaven? 
Do you think, you think they'll be around? My pet be there. I don't know if your pet was saved or not. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they, if they knew Jesus, but, but we can see in Scripture that there'll be, there'll be animals there in heaven. There will be some there. I don't believe cats are going to make it. Pretty sure. There's got to be some translation, some version of the Bible that, that makes that clear. But, uh, but I don't know about cats. Now, if you're a cat person, I'm kidding. There are some cool cats. S- some cool cats. Uh, not many. But, but we need a revival to break out in, in the cat generation. But, but there's going to be, I hope we get this. And this is so much fun here. Imagine heaven. It's just, it's going to be an incredible thing. And, and, and there are going to be these rivers, that, again, that flows from the throne of God. And, and I'm just like, man, there's going to be some fish in those things, man. And I'm going to just, I'm going to have me a great time. And it's going to be an incredible thing. It's going to, it's going to happen. And then we see, according to Scripture, that in the center of heaven, in the center of heaven, there's a city. And, and, it's, and, it's, and this city is called, according to Scripture, it's the New Jerusalem. And we're going to watch. This city is going to come down, and, and we can look at Scripture. So if you've got a Bible, flip over to Revelation 21 real quick. I, I want you to see this. Revelation 21, it, it, can, it kind of shows us a, a picture of what this is going to be like. And again, this is the city that comes down. And uh, verse 15 is where we'll read, and it says this. And it says that he who taught with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. So they're, 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 they're showing this how this is, thing's laid out. It says the city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed. 12,000 furlongs, its length and breadth and height are equal. I'll explain it in a minute. Then he measured its walls, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. We're going to see this, this, this unfolding, this picture. Oh, man, beautiful to describe. A third, it's, I can't even ex- pronounce that word right there. So it's got to be awesome. If you can't even pronounce a word, it's got to be awesome. But that right there is going to be there. And it says the fourth is emerald. The fifth, sardonyx, another one. And uh, the sixth, sardius. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth burled, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, another one, and the eleventh jaceth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Do you see this? I mean... One gate is, is going to be this one pearl. We, we were at Epcot down in, in Disney, and they have a little area that you can go into one of the stores, and uh, you can actually pick a clam out of this thing and have a little aquarium. I don't know if you've ever seen this. And, and then they pop open the clam, and, it, and it's, hopefully you've got a pearl in there, man, you know. You pray and you got, got you a little pearl. And then they bring the pearl out and they get this long, beautiful story. They're telling with it and it gets you so excited. And then they take that pearl and they pull out a little bitty ruler and it has these little bitty markings on the ruler and they stick that little pearl on that one little roller. 
and you get and you see that little pearl and you're like, yeah, I got a pearl, and it's this big, and everybody's pumped, and excited, and the angel's wearing it on her necklace, and she got a little necklace. Nothing compared to one gate will be a pearl. Heaven. Heaven. These 12 gates, gold like transparent glass. 22, but I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. Heart's temple. <laughs> the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated. This is a light we can't explain. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and their honor into it. I heard it explained best in English in, 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 this, in this description with those measurements. It says this holy city that comes down, that is cube-shaped, it's, it's measuring, it's, it's 12,000 stadia, and it's, it's this 1,500-mile uh, long, and it says the base of the city adds up to more than two million square miles. A city this large um, in the U.S. was stretched from Canada to Mexico and from the Appalachian Mountains to the California border. Even more astounding is its height. Listen, 1,500 miles high. That's 780,000 stories tall. The dimension of this city are often cited as proof that it cannot be real. And they're saying, man, no, we can't even survive. We can't breathe at 1,500 miles up in that air. How can we do that? But God is our breath. It's in Him that we move and and in Him that we have our being. It's in Him that we have life. And it's in Him. And so we see this description. And and I love it. Even the best part, if you go in and read that in Revelation, it says that the gates of the city are always open. So just that one little place, and again, as massive as it is, it's not all there is. The gates of the city remain open, and we can do this. We can go, and we can come as we please, and we can spend this time. And I, I, I don't know, I, just, I, I think we can like grab one of our guys, our buddies, man, and say, remember that space uh, Hubble telescope thing that we studied in science? And remember that picture they tried to explain? Let's go check that out. Let's go see that. I, I don't know. I, I think we can just go and it's going to be uh, a, a time for just, again, for there for eternity. And it's just, we can, man, just spend time with one another and eat and fellowship. And we're going to see the saints of old. We're going to see our friends and we're going to see all these things unfold. And, and, and again, we can't even begin to describe this, the vastness that we're going to encounter one day. But all of those things, they pale in comparison to the truth that one day this will happen for us. I believe we'll come into that city. I believe we'll be so amazed. I I feel like that when we get there, there's going to be so much glory and it will be just a moment. And I I don't know, I I think we probably will have to get down on our knees and just in awe, sit back and thank thank God for his grace and, and the beauty that he's prepared for us. But the beautiful thing is this. As we're kneeled there, I believe there'll be a hand placed on our shoulder. I, I don't know. I, I, I believe Jesus is going to say, come here. Let me show you what I've prepared for you. He said it. I go and prepare a place where I am. You can be. Let me show you. And we sung, 
I'm going to lock eyes with the one who ransomed me. And as I even just sing it and begin to think about it, tears come and the power of the, just the, the magnitude of that day and how that is just, I can't, even, oh, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Pales in comparison, I believe, to the true reality of when we see Jesus face to face. Jesus, the one who did this for every person in the room, every person here, he came to earth and gave his life. It took our sin and shame on the cross. That's Jesus. The one who said, I'm leaving, but I'm coming again. That Jesus, that we're going to be able to see him for who he is. And, and we've sung about it, and I've read about it, and you've, I've, just, I've preached about it, and I've thought about it. But one day it'll be a reality. It'll be a reality. And, and Tony Nolan, I, he made a beautiful statement. He said, I once thought that hell was unfair. Now that I'm saved, I see that heaven actually is. Let that sit for a moment. I once thought that hell was unfair, but now that I'm saved, I see that heaven actually is. He's prepared this place for us. And so I just want you, just as quiet as you can, just stand with me, please. And I, I want to I ask this next question. I want to ask the next question, and I told you I'll give you two. And, the first question again, what will it be like? I'll say this. I have failed miserably in trying to, to, to paint a picture of how beautiful this is going to be. I failed miserably. And I, there's, there's no, again, I don't think we can describe it. And I'm thankful for the glimpses that we have in Scripture and what he shows us there. But I do not believe we'll be able to in any way ever truly grasp the fullness of this until we get there. Now the second question. Talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, those who have accepted Christ, our friends, maybe Fido, uh, food, all of these things. Now the second question. Will you be there? <laughs> Will you be there? I, I, if you... There is only one way, and we learned this week one, and Jesus said, I am the way. Heaven, heaven is not the default location for eternity. Please understand that. I, there, there, there are just people that just, you know, hey, uh, Uncle John's went on, and he's in a better place automatically, and this or so-and-so, and again, I, we don't know. None of us know someone else's heart. They know, and God knows, but you know. But heaven is not the default location. We know according to Scripture, he says this. He says, we see in Romans 10, verse 9, he says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says that whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. And He said, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's for whoever calls on Him. That's, that's what whose heaven is for. And, and we're going to find out even in this, in this next week, next message. Please come. 
get someone to hear. You're going to hear something, and, and you're going to find out some things that there were not made for us. But heaven was made for us. He prepared this place for us. The question is, will you be there? I just want you to bow your heads for a moment, just right where you're at, and just close your eyes. And This is a personal decision that you make. And this is a question that I must ask. Will you be there? I want to spend eternity with you. I want to be able to just grab you and just say, man, let's go check out the Milky Way. Let's, I want to be able to walk the streets of gold with you and, and, and spend time around the table. I want you there. God wants you there. He sent his son and he left heaven and came to earth because he wants you there. But we'll be there when we place our trust in him. And we place our hope in Him. I just want you to ask yourself that question, will you be there? Paul says that we're supposed to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. It means we look and see, we examine, we know. I never say someone is saved or unsaved. There's some things I believe according to how they live and different things, but it, none of those things. It's a personal decision that you have to make. And just as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, and, 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 and I'm just, I'm just going to just take a moment. I just want to look out throughout this congregation, man, and ask this to you. Will you be there? If you're unsure, if you don't know, you can know today. You can know today. It can be settled just as, as sure as if you were already there. It can be that sure. If you'll be honest, you'll say, Terry, I don't know. I don't know. And, I, and you want to know that, you, that you're going to have heaven as your home. And you want to know. But you're honest. Say, Terry, I don't know. I want you to do this just so I know if you're here and I'm talking to you. And I want to speak directly to you if you are here. I want you to just take your hand and just raise it up as high as you can get it up just for a moment. See that hand. Who else? See that hand. Who else? Raise it up. I want heaven to be my home. I want to know I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Some have maybe used like, man, I, I, I used to go to church or I used to, I don't know, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. He loves you and he wants you there. Anyone else, you can raise it up. Put it back down now. If, if you raise your hand, I just right where you're standing. Just right where you're standing. The Bible says we confess him as Lord. Confess in our mouth, believe in our heart. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Sin into heaven. He's coming again. We believe that. If that's your heart's desire, I just want you to just right where you're standing, just say this. Just say, God, I want to, I want to spend eternity with you in heaven. I believe today in my heart, I confess in my mouth that Jesus came, gave his life, is alive today, is coming again. And I believe he did that for me. And I want you to be my Lord, my Savior. I'll receive you now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.